0: Hey friends, we hope this message from C3 Fort Worth helps you see Jesus like never before. And if you're in or around Fort Worth, we'd love to meet you on a Sunday or at one of our weekly dinner parties. That very last Thursday, or last Sunday, sorry, before Thanksgiving, we did something called Christ the King Sunday, and it kind of initiated for us uh, the walking through of the church calendar. And so, Christ the King Sunday, which was a perfect time because we had just had an election, which, which I heard was somewhat contentious, and some people are still thinking about it. And, uh, um, but there's uh, it was Christ the King. Then we went into Advent. Then we went into Epiphany. Then we went into Lent. Then we went into Easter time. And today, today is Pentecost Sunday. It kind of marks the end of Easter time, and it begins something really exciting called Ordinary Time. It's great great right they need to work on the name of that um and uh and so today is kind of the end of easter time and we man it's been really an incredible thing for for me to preach through some of these passages of scripture and to talk through it and to to know that around the world there are churches that are um, preaching the same message or at least the same scriptures and i think it's a beautiful thing um really excited about today Pentecost Sunday marks the time ordinary time what does that mean it means that when the Holy Spirit um, began to work in us and we began to live our lives live the ordinary times of our lives empowered by the Holy Spirit so that people would see Jesus and so it's it's not this kind of like oh good I can just relax it's almost like oh man I did that whole journey to get to this point where Jesus kind of goes all right, you're on right because Jesus ascended Not so that he would be absent, but so that he would be present. It was his coronation. It was his promotion in so many ways. Jesus ascended on the cross. They moved it this morning. Somewhat significant. So I was, I started, okay. So the cross is over here now. Hey, it's kind of symbolic, right? Pentecost Sunday, the thing is shifting. And, uh, and so, stop it. So, uh, but we, now I've forgotten what I was talking about. Um. Ascension. Jesus rose on the cross. See, we don't always think of the cross as a place where Jesus was crowned king, but it was. Jesus won when he died. Jesus won the victory over death in his death. And we kind of quickly moved to the resurrection. Anyways, um, he rose on the cross. Obviously, then into the grave and then resurrected. And then, and then he rose again. He rose so that he could rise. And he says to his disciples, it's better that I should go. No, it's not. Yes. No, it is, though. But I'm not sure about that. No, it is. I promise. He rises as he's blessing them. Remember, we talked about this posture of Jesus that that many scholars would say that maybe he's never forgotten. This posture of Jesus, that he was blessing them at the end of Luke, blessing them. And as he's blessing them, right, he does the David Blaine thing and he begins to go elevate into sky some people talk about heaven being in the clouds well maybe but maybe he's just he's he is making very much physically a statement that i am above all things and that god is still in the process of putting all things under his feet and um and so jesus prepared the way for the holy spirit we're going to talk about that today and next week and then we start our journey in the Psalms. lord i thank you for today i thank you for your word i thank you for what you're going to do in us just ready your heart, ready your ears. God, I pray that I would be ready. Lord, I pray everything that should shrink out of memory from what I say, let it be done. And everything that should be enlarged by your spirit, let it be done. God, let the words I say out of place be gone, and let the things that are meant for this community and these people today, myself, would let it be so. Holy Spirit, come. Let your word be the thing we hear today, and let it bring life, hope, and joy. Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you, guys. You guys are awesome. Hey, um, it's a good day. I wanted to let you know, uh, dinner parties are going to be a little bit different this uh, summer. Um, we, man, how many of you love our dinner party hosts and those who've opened their table on a regular basis? Uh, my guess is those types of people will probably continue to open their table, uh, but I just felt like Meredith and I felt this way uh, that there's a season here of preparation for us as a church. I really feel like God is stirring something in our community, stirring something in our church, that he's preparing us for what he wants to do. And so we just kind of began to wrestle with the idea of what would it look like for us to do something just a little bit different in the summer, not forever, but in the summer and to prepare us as a, as a people and as a church for what's uh, to come. In fact, the Lord is definitely stirring me in, this, in worship that we should have a time, of regular time of prayer. And uh, so I'm going to think about that and what that looks like. I'm not saying what I'm not doing. I'm just I'm thinking about it. Um, but we also, here's what we're going to do. On Wednesday nights, we're going to we're gonna do just for this, the months of June and July, June and July, we're going to do C3 College. Now, we haven't called it something fancy. We'll probably come up with a better name for it at some point. Uh, but out of C3 in uh, Australia, they put together a, a bunch of courses that we can do. And we've done, some of you guys are familiar with this. We've done these courses before and so we're, we're going back and forth uh, between you uh, leading yourself. How many of you know you need that in a time like this? Not everybody's going to hook you up. Um, lead your, leading yourself, which talks about the leader and the person of the leader, who you are on the inside, who you are as a person. I think it's beautiful. Or uh, faith. Faith. How I many of you know faith? And if you know Pastor Phil Pringle, who started this movement and has launched 600 churches all over the world, and not just him, I, I think one of the greatest measures of faith of our movement is the amount of people they send out, that they don't hoard, you know? And they don't just like, no, we're going to, no, we just go, go do your thing. And, um, and so we're wrestling with that. But here's what I will tell you in the next week or so, you'll have a way to sign up for that. And I would highly encourage, probably be just about an hour, kind of similar to our Alpha uh, nights. And, uh, but most likely they'll be in person. If you need an online option, we will let you know about that. Uh, but we'll work on it. So I just want to let you—I know, just want to tease that a little bit. It is coming. It'll happen in June and July. It may not start the very first week of June, uh, but it'll be on Wednesday nights to kind of keep the rhythm of what we normally do—that uh, temple-to-table rhythm. And uh, and I'm—I'm I'm gonna just tell you right now. If some of you are like, "Oh, I just want to eat." I understand. And maybe we'll have some food. We'll do that. But I—I I want to just encourage you. Uh, there, there is a time in which you have to uh, invest in uh, the gift God has given you, that there is something about stirring uh, what God is doing. It's like God has given you the ingredients and you got to put it in the bowl and get to work. And there, there, is, um, there is something about us partnering with the Lord in what he's developing in us. Have you ever tried to do something with a child who doesn't want you to do that with that child? Like uh, put tie shoes or put clothes on or like, you know, whatever it is. Eat their food without getting up from the table. Um, whatever it is, right? And, uh, and we, there's, there's something about us resisting those moments. There's something about us pushing back on those moments where God can still get it done. Uh, but he wants you and I, him to partner together in what he wants to do. So, um, be ready for that. Get ready for that. It's going to be awesome. All right, Acts chapter 2. Let's go to Acts chapter 2. Of course, it's Pentecost Sunday. Where else would we go? Acts chapter 2. Um, also tonight, i got to mention this, tonight we are doing a night of worship. And so, uh, night of worship, prayer. We're going to pray into the scriptures that are assigned. So we're going to do Ezekiel 37. We're going to pray into Acts chapter 2. We're going to pray into a couple different things. And so I I want to really, really encourage you to come tonight, even if it is just for an hour. It's not going to be a long, long service. Uh, But we wanted to kind of commemorate and and, and really um, allow today to be what it's meant to be uh, for us. And so it has been quite a journey to get to this point I'm excited about. Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 1. And then we'll just go through a couple things. I've got all kinds of notes on this one. Uh, None of them are in a particular order. Uh, So please be ready to jump around. Jump, jump, jump around. All right, Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were all together in one place. Some of you have heard me preach on this. Some of you heard me mention it all together in one place. There seems to be a reference here to not just proximity, but unity. That there was a unity of spirit, just not just a unity of place. In other words, they were all there, and they were all there. They were ready. They were seeking the Lord. They were praying together. They were in a place of unity, and that matters because you have all driven in a car where you weren't, you were all in the same place, but you were not all in the same place. Do you know what I'm saying? And some of you are dead that way, on the way here today, and we're praying God's blessing over you. And suddenly, everybody say suddenly, suddenly a sound like that of a violent rushing wind came from heaven, and it filled the whole house where they were staying, and tongues like flames of fire that were divided appeared to them and rested on each one of them, and then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different languages. That's that one little phrase right there has been quite a, a, a phrase over the history of the church and to what that means and how it how it de- decides how we should operate as the church. Um, and so we'll, we'll dig into that. Maybe not this week, probably next week. Uh, it began to speak in different languages as the Spirit gave them ability for speech. There were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. So again, this is a... The festivals of the church, the festivals of the Jewish people, better said, were, happened all year long. There were multiple ones. And what would happen is, at the end of Pentecost, they, they'd already celebrated a certain harvest, and now they're celebrating the harvest of wheat. They're, they're celebrating, thanking God for what's to come, not necessarily even what has already happened. Isn't that an interesting thing to be thankful for, what God is going to do? So they're, they're praising God, and this is the last day of the festival. And so Pentecost was a day prior to it being the day that we know it as. It was already a day of festival. It was already something where people were gathering together. As one commentator said that uh, this was the most cosmopolitan crowd you would ever find in Jerusalem. It was like the biggest day. It was the largest day. It was one of the biggest festivals. And so there were all kinds of people from all kinds of places showing up at this place at this time. It's interesting that that's when the Holy Spirit decided to descend and so it's 10 days after Jesus had ascended, and so Pentecost is happening, everybody's celebrating, there's, there's different things that they're doing, they're thanking the Lord, they're thanking God for what He's going to do, and then all of a sudden, there's, there's this wind that happens, and there's this fire, individual fire, man, there's so much here, y'all, we should do a series, not just a Sunday. When this sound occurred, a crowd came together and was confused because each one heard them speaking in his own language. When this sound occurred, so obviously it made some noise, something was going on. The crowd came together and was confused because each one heard them speaking in his own language. It's interesting. The Holy Spirit isn't, doesn't, while there may have been confusion, they were not confused by a lack of clarity, they were confused by the presence of it. See, the Holy Spirit should make you more relevant, not less, should bring you into the place where you can speak the language. We've always said this, and I think it's important, that we're not a church that requires people to interpret us, but that we are to interpret Jesus for people. That we are meant to be people who speak the language of our culture, that they might understand what we say without having to be the missionaries and jump all the hurdles to get to us. We are those who are sent and we learn the customs and the things. No, I don't mean be transformed by it. No, I don't mean be conformed to it. I mean, we, we understand what is happening. Paul does this in Acts chapter 17. Paul walks into the... And he does it on a regular basis. You see that he... this is a, There's one where he did a three-month stint of just going to the, the temple courts every day and then going to the city courts. And he would just go and he would debate and he would talk and he would discuss... And he would understand what they were doing. And then there's this one moment where he goes, you know that God that you have that says unnamed God? He's already beginning to relate, beginning to connect dots, because he was not asking them to speak the language. He was speaking theirs. And he came into this place. And I know there's a more literal translation of this, that they were actually speaking a language of people, and they were going, what is happening? Some would say it's the reversal of what happened at the Tower of Babel, that, that God dispersed people, but this was actually God bringing people together through the power of his Spirit. And so they're speaking the languages of the people in the, room, the, in the street. They're all going, what is happening? And they look around. How is it that each of us can hear in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, those who live in Mesopotamia and Judea, and that one, and, and Pontus in Asia. <laughs> How do we hear all this? This doesn't make any sense. Verse 11, we hear them speaking the magnificent acts of God in our own languages. So it's important. They weren't just saying things. They were saying the things of God, the acts of God. They were all astounded and perplexed, saying to one another, what could this be? But someone sneered and said, they're full of new wine. Yeah, we are. It is interesting that Paul later, who wasn't at this moment, compares the the Holy Spirit to wine and says, do not be drunk with wine, but be drunk with the Holy Spirit. And there's this this kind of this understanding that when the Holy Spirit does something in you and I, it may not always make sense to you or I or anyone else who experiences it. That is not to say that it always has to be weird. My God, it doesn't have to be weird all the time. In fact, what we see in Acts chapter 2 is the only time we see it. We don't see tongues of fire. We don't see all this stuff happen anywhere else. We see moments where the Holy Spirit fills Peter, fills Paul. We see these moments where this thing happens on the inside, unintelligible to those around him, but the result is the same as what we see in Acts chapter 2. In other words, this was a declaration as much as it was a pattern. This was a, I am showing up. You know, it's interesting because Jesus, Paul says, he did not count it. So worthwhile, such a thing to to go pursue this crown. But he came so humbly and lowly. As a child, he showed up and and didn't try to gain power by reaching for it. But he was humble. and He came in a manger. And then then the Holy Spirit's like, yo, I've arrived. I'm here. I made it. Look at what's happening now. I I just think it's funny. You all have that family member that every time they walk in the door, it's a party. It doesn't matter. You know, you got the one family who comes in, hey, how are you? shakes your hand. You got the other one like, what's up, everyone? I am here. We can start. It's kind of, it's such a, I just think it's interesting when you think about the triune God and you think about the characteristics of our God and you think about the fact that you've got Jesus who shows up in a manger crying and coddled and all this stuff. And then you got the Holy Spirit who goes, let me just bust the door down. Throw some, let me throw some tongues of fire. You know, the you know, like, really just make an entrance. And it's the same God. I just, I just, it's the same God. The same one who comes gently and humbly to be crucified is the same one that shows up and goes, boom, 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 just everything happening. Same one. What does that mean? Well, that means that you and I are not limited by our personality. You and I are not limited by, in fact, in fact, if Paul's comparison to new wine, and, and, and if, if this is any comparison, what we understand is that, that sometimes what happens through the Holy Spirit is, is what some would say supernatural. Let me just make it an easier definition. Um, more than normal. This is not how it normally goes. Um, just to be, because you all are, let's not be Christians in the room, okay, so like, you've all had a little bit too much wine before. Maybe not all. Some of you are sanctified and purified in the blood, and I get, that's all good. But we're all forgiven, so lay off. And, and, um, and so we've all had that moment, we've, or we have at least been around someone who has. I follow this Instagram account, maybe I should not tell you this, but it's just called this, Drunk People Doing Things. It's, It's brilliant. And scary sometimes, like really scary, like don't do that. Why are you other people not do, oh, you're also drunk. So there's drunk people watching drunk people do. It's a bad mix. All I'm saying is that that you ever seen people who like cry a lot or they talk a lot? Or they, and there's something, and I'm no, I'm not telling you that the Holy Spirit makes you Incapacitated and unable. In fact, I think the comparison here is to simply say that what you would not do normally, you are now doing. It is not to say that you are going to be some, like, falling over, jumping off roofs into the pool that's 27 feet away. Not smart. But that you might actually, you might actually speak up. That you might actually serve when you don't feel. Like, you might actually pray for a miracle. That you might actually believe God will do something supernatural. Like that you might actually do more than what is normal. Maybe the church should do a few more things that are not normal. If we want to testify to who God is in our lives. Maybe, just maybe, the thing that shifts in us is that we begin to do a few more things that are just not normal. And I I don't want to just be really, I want just, there's moments in your life, there's moments in your week, where the Holy Spirit goes, you should do this. And you go, I'll think about it. And you don't necessarily know that it's the Holy Spirit, you kind of just think it's you being, (laughs) we're just so good, such good people. I'm really nice. I mean, it's the only time you've thought of doing it all week long, but yeah, it's because you're a nice person. Maybe... Maybe, just maybe, the Holy Spirit's going. Maybe the Holy Spirit's going, you, go. This is not how it normally is. But maybe it should be more normal than it is. Maybe you and I should live in a place where we'll say things and do things and pray for things. So I talked to someone yesterday who's thinking about moving to Texas, but they're in California right now. They're doing some school stuff. And I've only met him one time, but he called me, so we talked, and, and, uh, and, and, I, 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 um, and we got done. And at the end, you know these conversations where you're talking about praying, and for some reason in our heads that means we should pray later? Do you know what I'm talking about? We're talking about praying for ten minutes about how we should pray about it, about how we should pray for the thing and pray over the thing and pray for that thing and pray for this thing and pray for that thing. And then we hang up and we go, I'm sure I'll remember all that. And I just go, hey, let me just pray for you right now. Take 30 seconds. I learned that from my parents. Let's just take 30 seconds. Let's just pray. Let's pray right now. I mean, I'll pray again later, but now works too. Let's just pray. Let's just see what God does. And so here's these people, I told you there's a lot of notes, I don't, let's see, let me just, give me a second, we just, um, we have to be people who let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do. There's so much in this moment, there's so many things to talk about. Remember, the one who gets up after this is Peter, and Peter begins to preach a message. And I think there's some really interesting things here that I want to mention to you. Number one, Peter was always the guy who stuck his foot in his mouth, always, Chopped off a dude's ear, right? Denied Jesus three times, said, hey, Jesus, you want me to walk on water too? I mean, there's some really dumb things he did. And if for some reason that same outspoken, foot in his mouth, disciple is the one who stands up in the front of a crowd of all kinds of people and begins to preach the gospel. And 3,000 people get saved. So let's, let's dissect that in two ways. One, Peter, the guy that thought he had screwed up so bad he would never, ever make it back, is told by Jesus, I will build my rock on you and the revelation that you have. And then just a few days later, here he is in front of a crowd, empowered by the Holy Spirit, speaking And the thing that had been a detriment to who he was, because he always spoke up, always said something, always did something he shouldn't do, in the power of the Holy Spirit became a gift that started the church. So there's some things in you and I that we think make us too different to be good? And the Holy Spirit's going, oh, no, 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 I just haven't gotten a hold of it yet. I just haven't grabbed it yet and made you realize that I made you different to make a difference. Isn't that, how that, how's that for a preacher thing? You're different to make a difference. But it's good. I mean, it's good, though. It works. The Holy Spirit in you can take the very things that you think make you too different to be any good. And he makes it so good that it actually makes a difference. Here's Peter standing up. I wonder, I don't know, I wonder if in the back of his mind he's going, am I messing up this one too? Like, am I screwing this up too? Like, am I speaking out of turn? Am I doing what I'm not supposed to do here? Right? And he's just going, I I, I remember all the things I shouldn't have done that I did. Is this one of them? But see, we won't find things out like that until we're willing to forget our past mistakes and step into our present mercy and understand that God's grace is good to you and I And take some chances. The church should take some chances every once in a while. Take some chances serving somebody, loving somebody. Take some chances, honoring someone, take some chances, forgiving someone, take some chances. Come on, take some chances speaking up on others' behalf. Take some, take some chances, empowered by the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit. This is what it is meant to be, the church. Now I want to, I wanna, I wanna finish with this, and just a couple things here that I want to make sure we understand. Okay, I'm going to say it in, in six words. <laughs> uh, two statements, three words each. All right, we got it? I'm just being a preacher, and I can't do things with, without, like, three is the max. So I had to divide it, and make it two different things. Number one is that suddenly heaven breathed. Suddenly heaven breathed. Now, there's some correlation here throughout the Old Testament, wind, breath. These are two, two uh, really in a lot of ways, synonyms. Um, when you go back to Genesis 2, what you find is that, that this word, and this, this illustration has been used a lot, but this idea that, that God breathed into Adam, that he shaped him and made him, that he had his shape, but his shape didn't do any good until he had God's spirit. And so there's something about you and I coming back to this original idea of creation, this way that God had originally intended. And remember, what is the church compared to most often by New Testament writers and by Jesus? It is the body. So I want you to think about this. Jesus, the new Adam, the head of the church. Right? All of a sudden there's this breath, this wind, and God is breathing into the body that he had given its shape to in the People, the disciples and he'd begun to give it shape and now he's breathing into it his spirit because how many of you know you can have the church and miss the spirit you can do church you can we, we can do church really really well especially in Texas, we've got it nailed. Like, we know how to do the three songs, transition, tithes and offerings, message, altar time, gather, all right, cool, we'll see you next Sunday. We know how to, and all those people who are like, I'm not liturgical. Yes, you are. If I put worship at the end, you would get all upset. you get all mad because we didn't do it in the same order as you. You didn't like that Donnie waited for a minute before we got into it. Because you need the upbeat first so that you can get to the... Okay, sorry. So, heaven, suddenly, heaven breathed. Suddenly, heaven breathed. Now, here's the reality, and you guys know this if you've been here for any amount of time. Acts chapter 1, verse 14 says what? That they were continually united in prayer. So, there's something sudden that happens out of that which is consistent suddenly one day you look in the mirror and you're like, oh, oh, the okay, the working out, the okay. It doesn't always, it's not the first day. It ain't the third day. It ain't the eighth day. It's like, it's like, why does it have to be three months in? Six months, right? Your work or your, gosh, my goodness, relationship. Some of you are like, man, suddenly my marriage fell apart. No, it did not. most cases, there was something that was, and one of the, one of the spouses knew it, the other one didn't, and they were trying to get your attention for a long time, there's these things that can continually happen, of course, there are things that just out of nowhere happen, of course, but there are, most of the things that happen in our life suddenly happen in our life because something was happening continually. We were repeating things or someone else was repeating things. It's why, it's why this needs to be repeated regularly. In fact, I did an interview with Pastor Simon this past week. If you haven't gone to go listen to it, go listen to it. It's it's You need to hear it. Whether you're good or bad or in the middle, you need to hear it. So go listen to it. And he talks about after he lost his wife to cancer, a five-year battle with cancer, after he lost his first wife to cancer, he, he, he said he couldn't pray. All he could do was read his Bible. He couldn't pray. He knew other people were praying for him. So this is how the Spirit of the Lord stayed in his heart. Isn't that wild? The church, man, the church. Suddenly. Well, yeah, it's suddenly, but, but it's also continually. Suddenly, you're going to rise up in faith one day. But it's because you've been continually putting the word of faith in your heart and mind. Suddenly, you're going to serve someone sacrificially but it's going to be because you continually put the greatest servant of all on your mind. The one who came to serve so you might be saved. You're going to suddenly love your family more because you've been continually thanking God for putting them in your life. And I know there's layers to all of this. Please hear my heart though. There are things that we should continually do and suddenly heaven not the disciples. Not anyone outside heaven. We, we have to be really careful that we don't begin to be people who think that we control the, the, the sound of the wind and the moving of the wind. We cannot be the people who try to do it our own way and try to figure, no, 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 this is heaven's breath. This is God's breath. This is God breathing into the body of Christ. This is God breathing into his church, and I absolutely believe we are on the precipice of what God wants to do in in our immediate context. God is wanting to breathe into his people, but it must be considered his breath, not ours. So many of us have been trying to catch our breath, and we don't need that. We need his. Heaven breathed. You know, it's wild to think that, that, that for us to be as healthy as we want to be, it probably doesn't require all the things people want to give us. It requires us sleeping more, breathing better, and eating nicely. Breathing. You know what the main issues with our breathing? We breathe in 100%, and we only breathe out 75%. So we, we keep carbon dioxide in our system that needs to get out. We, we are so busy these days that we're, we're just doing all this stuff, and that, man, I've did that before, and I fainted. That's what you did in junior high. You, and then you stand up, and you, anybody know what I'm talking about? And if you're doing that, if you're breathing, if you're doing, you, none of, nobody did that? I lost some brain cells. Hey, you know, you, you do that kind of breathing, and then pressure hits. You're not standing up in that, you're wilting. Every day now, I do this, and I actually have an app that lets me do it. I, I breathe. I'll just challenge you right now. Here's what I'm gonna do: we're gonna breathe in four seconds, breathe in through our nose, because that's there for a reason. I'm gonna breathe in through our nose, and no, I'm not trying to make you think that somehow this is like I'm just I'm just gonna show you. And I want you to breathe out for six. I want you to breathe out for six. I want I want you to do it from your stomach, not up here. I want you to do it here. I want you to really actually fill up your lungs. Okay, you ready? We're just gonna breathe in for four seconds. I'll count. You breathe. On your mark, get set, go, breathe in. One, two, three, four. Now breathe out. One, two, three, four, five, six. It's different when you gotta breathe out longer than you breathe in. But these guys had, to, there's things in our lives, there's things in our spirit, there's things in our heart and our mind and our soul. That man, sometimes it's not the issue of breathing in that's getting us mixed up, it's the fact that we haven't cleared everything out our posture our breathing our sleeping you know how many things that would solve in our life stand up straighter oh okay breathe deeper awesome go to bed sooner you do those three things i promise you you will feel better every day and i don't think that the body is unspiritual i don't think that anybody should separate those two things I I, I, I would tell you this, that I think the body so often mirrors our spirit. Breathe in. So heaven suddenly breathed. And then, and then, and this is the other three words. Immediately, the church began. Immediately, church began. Heaven breathed. And immediately, the disciples began to speak. Obedience is often found in the time it takes to do it. Obedience is much better when you do it the moment it comes. Because the longer you wait, the more you justify the reasons you shouldn't. Immediately they began. And the church, here's what I love about the, this picture of Acts chapter 2. Individual flames of fire fell on each one. Each person had one, but they were not separate from one another. They did not achieve a different purpose It was the church now becoming, the temple now became the body. People now became the place where God dwelt. People, people, where heaven meets earth in you and I. This is simply a container now for the temple. This isn't the temple. You are. The Holy Spirit fell on the temple, and now all of a sudden these individual flames, I don't know if you know this, but if you put a bunch of individual flames together, the flame gets bigger and you and I if we can carry this presence this this Holy Spirit presence of God in our lives and we begin to combine it with one another that's why Christ didn't call just one disciple or just one person he called them together so that when they came together under the power of the Holy Spirit something would shift and the church began and the church began it was a fresh start it was a fresh start. It was a new beginning. It was a new beginning. The Holy Spirit was initiating something new. And I absolutely believe this. And I felt this as we were praying in pre-service prayer. You know, there's a group of people that pray for church every Sunday morning. The uh, Same people who serve. They come together and they pray and they ask the Lord to bless the day people would see Jesus. The church began. Immediately church began. And I, I felt this impression this morning, and it was this: that the church, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and I, I say this, and I, I understand, I, I am aware of life and things and stuff. Okay, but the church would no longer be tired or weary. That the church would be in the power of the Holy Spirit not in your own breathing (laughs) I'll get there but in the wind of the Holy Spirit that the church would rise up be strong speak to the bones that have no ears but would speak and prophesy that it would encourage that would speak life that would speak into your presence and some of us maybe many of us I love I love when Steve and Linda get up or my parents get up or stand up here and, and they've lived some life they've done some things they've walked through some difficulties and they walk up and they stand up here and they I rejoice when I come to the house of the Lord like I love that and I know Steve and Linda's journey it ain't easy I've watched my parents get up here if I let them have the mic they'll get hey you know they'll just go for it and I know their journey even the things they tried to hide. I know the things they've walked through and it has not been easy. And they don't get up here and go, "Yeah, I'm just I'm just that way, you know. I just things just fall off my back. I'm just awesome." No, I've seen I've seen them on their knees praying. I've seen my mom's jacked up amplified Bible cuz she's used it for 20 years. Listen, the church is a body and this body has breath. And when you can't breathe, I can. And when I can't breathe, you can. And when you feel beat up, you got a flame just for you. And when you're tired, you got fire just for you. And when you need something, there's a wind that will bust through the room you are hanging out in. And the Holy Spirit wants to make an entrance in your life. And be present in every day. And immediately the church will begin. Worship team, come on up. We're going to sing that. We're gonna sing that song again, and we're definitely singing again tonight. We're definitely singing again tonight. But I want you today, right now, I just want you to begin. I'm just gonna give you 30 seconds. I'm gonna let you ask the Holy Spirit. Breathe. I know normally I say just ask the Holy Spirit what you want him to speak. I'm just gonna tell you what I think you should say. Holy Spirit, breathe. Not just right now, take 30 seconds. In your own way, in your own time. Just Holy Spirit breathe. I'm done being tired. I'm done being weary. I'm done being worn out. And I'm done trying to fix it on my own. I'm done trying to somehow figure out the perfect step, the perfect timeline. I'm try- No, no, no. Lord, breathe. Holy Spirit, come. Lord, I pray the church today, right now, even in this space would stand up in the purpose of heaven would stand up in the breath of heaven and that we would even when we think our differences make us too different be empowered by your spirit to be the church yes of course the gifts of God the prophecy praying in tongues and all those things which we believe in here in this place and that's okay if you don't you can still hang out we also believe in the fruit. The love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the gentleness, the self-control. We believe in the fruit and the gifts of the spirit. We believe in the comfort of the spirit. We believe in the speaker of truth, that is the spirit. We believe in the spirit that reminds us of who Jesus is. We believe in the Holy Spirit now in his church. Breathing in his body we might walk in his power.